Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Boy, what a difference a day makes. Yeah, Does wow. Does it not? You know, uh, my wife said to me yesterday, did you hear about DeSantis? And I had been, like, into football. Because yesterday there were some playoff games I was watching uh, on the uh, on the tube. And uh, I said, no, what, what happened? He dropped out. I said, no. No. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he dropped out. I, I, and then she read the piece to me. I thought, my gosh. I'll be darned. Uh, he he uh, did a, a statement, and he posted it from Florida. Listen. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the U.S. Congress and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second-place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology, 
are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all. That we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you and God bless. Pretty good, I think. Uh, he yeah, well said. He articulated everything. He he didn't he didn't just bow out. He bowed out with dignity, and I think he did a good job. And I well, the, you know, a lot of people saying, "Well, what do you think about um, DeSantis and Trump, or Trump and DeSantis? What do you think?" I I You're don't asking me. I don't think so. But, no, uh, I, I don't either. I think what he did too is um, he can walk away from this before New Hampshire. Um, he finished very well in Iowa, so he's got he's got that to cling on to. He's yep. you know he's holding on to everything. He walks out respectfully. He got his point out, and he's preserved himself for the next time around. Should he choose to run again? Now, Nikki Haley is is throwing all against the wall, and she's probably believing some of the left propped up propaganda for her, thinking that, you know, it's a woman against the man and may the best woman win. But thanks, Nikki. That's stupid what you just said. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not pulling well in even a second place win. Now, you know, a second place win, whether you know it or not, Nikki, means nothing, you know, compared to anything else. And there's a good chance, a good chance, because I smell a rat. Yeah. You know, and the fact that, well, you know, Biden's not on the ballot, but the Democrats are going to come out and, and true form numbers. He doesn't have to play second. Well, he, look what he did with a write in. To me, that's a test balloon, that write in thing. They always look for ways to, you know, you got to hear what uh, Trump said. Trump uh, was in a crowd and he was mm -hmm. asked a question about uh, Ron DeSanctimonious. Listen. Okay. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> uh, he was asked, uh, will he be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious any, anymore? And he said, that name is officially right. retired. <laughs> no more Ron. Well, the reason is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's all theatrics for him, you know, and when he gets these names, doesn't mean that he hates the person, but he's using it as a memory peg to sit there and throw, you know, he puts that out there and he uses that so that he can hang his message on it. You know, people forget does. that during the first uh, presidency, uh, there were guys who were running against him, uh, you know, uh, uh, on his cabinet. He had, mm -hmm. he had, there were guys who had been running against him in the primary and he welcomed them into his uh, administration. So, uh, will there be a place for Ron DeSantis? Uh, I, DeSantis is term limited 
in 2026. He can't run for another uh, term down in Florida. So right. I'm thinking that he that Trump gets in and he probably offers him some secretary, secretary of something position, you know, so that he's yeah. still up there and uh, he still has recognition. Yeah, I, you know, the this campaign, because of um, Trump's allure and attraction, I guess it, we'll put it that way. Um, and Ron, I think he did a few wrong calls, too, uh, in, in his campaign. Uh, there are people that right now that don't trust him, don't like him, and he needs that time to reset the clock. And I think he bowed out at a good time, so. I don't know how what. you, uh, you know, Donald Trump is such a a force of nature. I don't know how you you really can challenge him. I mean, Nikki Haley now is saying she's literally saying that she's been criticized because she's brown. She's oh. trying to bring race into this, like like she's being picked on because she's a minority. She's saying things like it'll be the woman against the the man, and may the best woman win. She's doing everything she can to stand out, but she's turning so many people off. So you know, yeah. uh, I well, I think she's pushing away the black vote and possibly the Hispanic vote. If she wins, though, in in New Hampshire, it will not be with Democrat votes. It'll be with independents and with Democrat. I'm I'm sorry. It will not be with Republican votes. It'll be with Democrats and with independents because they can vote up there. They can cross over and vote yeah. in the Republican primary. But do you think that she's going to have the majority of independents? I'm not sure about that. You know, the polling doesn't show it, but the, the news is trying to report it. But, you know, who could, who pulls the strings on the news? Uh, that's what you want oh, to the know. News, the news literally hates Donald Trump. And I'll, I'm going to play a cut here, Bill, uh, while we're on the subject. Tim Scott was on with Dana Bash from CNN. And the vitriol in the voice of Bash is just, uh, it's palpable. You can, you can touch, you can taste your hate for Donald Trump. Listen. As president, yes. uh, he did try to overturn a legitimate election. He called January 6th rioters hostages and promised to pardon them. He is charged with keeping classified documents and obstructing attempts to get them back. Uh, and on the campaign now, he's arguing that presidents should have total immunity, even if they, quote, cross the line. How is that law and order? Well, he and the legal team, though, <laughs> I can answer the questions of the legal challenges that he faces. But what I can tell you is that when you look around the cities, when you grow up in poor communities like I did, and you watch the crime ravishing your communities, you ask yourself, what president has allowed that to happen? It's Joe Biden. When you have DAs around the country that says it's no longer a crime to steal $1,000 worth of goods, and those stores start closing in San Francisco and across the country, you ask yourself, yeah. what what president allowed that lawless behavior to continue? That's Joe Biden. You ask and yourself, who can restore Senator. the kind of law and order in our nation to allow it to go forward? That would be Donald Trump. Senator, I, I understand that you're talking about Joe yes, Biden, uh, but, I, but I do want to get your thoughts 
in a more fulsome way on Donald Trump because your endorsement uh, was a big deal and is a big deal. I just want to take one of the examples that I gave. Donald Trump calls the January 6th rioters hostages. You were at the Capitol that day. You said that you took off your jacket, you rolled up your sleeves, and you were prepared to defend yourself, quote, presumably until I died. Would you call the people who are now facing prosecution hostages? I would say that every single person facing our justice system should have justice done. The facts and the evidence in each individual case matters. I have confidence that that process will play out. Here's what I said also in the book that I wrote. I talked about January the 6th because I'm one of the few people who was actually there. With the people outside, 99% of the people who showed up were there to exercise their first Amendment rights. What I said then is what I'll say now. I don't hold those people uh, at harm. I don't hold them responsible for the actions of a few. I do hold the few right. responsible. So the no few who are so people the, have to be responsible for themselves. So the, the uh, to use your words, the few who are uh, being prosecuted, yes. going through the justice system, would you call them hostages? I believe that our Department of Justice should continue and allow a jury of their peers to make the decisions. She she pursued it for a, a bit more, and she, she eventually got him. But he said, well, yes, he almost said yes, but like as a reflex, not as a thoughtful answer. He was trying to get her to understand that he believed that 99% of the crowd were just there to— to uh, exercise their First Amendment right. But you know, the, I have to tell you something, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember back to January 6th, and if you will, envision the crowd that was outside of the Capitol. There had to be a million people outside of the Capitol. If, mm-hmm. if it was an insurrection, if it was a riot, do you think a handful of people in the Capitol could have Would've stopped, stopped them? a million people? I mean, these people at CNN, Dana Bash, she was pissed off, pardon my French, but she was ticked off at Tim Scott for not following along. Are there some people who are in the uh, Washington Gitmo unjustly? Are they essentially hostages of this administration? There are a lot of people who believe they are. Right. There, are, there are a lot. They haven't had, uh, they haven't had their day in court. You know, they had a. We're in the middle of a. For those of you around the world who listen to us, in the northeastern United States, from the mid-Atlantic states up, it has been brutally cold over the last few weeks. And you know, they had uh, uh, the heat go out in the Gitmo prison, and the guards were wearing, thir- you know, big hoodies and big heavy winter jackets. And all the prisoners were left with were their blankets from their bedrolls. They didn't do a darn thing for the prisoners. Now, you know, you commit murder in this country and you're in a, a penitentiary, you get better treatment than they're treating these people in Washington. But yet people like Dana Bash think, I'm sure, that they should be executed. You know, mind you, they haven't had their day in court yet. But these people in Washington haven't, you know, they should, they are vile. She believes the garbage that was put out by the January 6th committee. 
I mean, it, Bill, it's amazing. I, I sit here and I think uh, they're still pushing as hard as they can to sell January 6th as being worse than September 11th. Honest to God, I heard, I remember them saying, you know, we had Pearl Harbor, we had September 11th, but even worse, we had January 6th. I'm thinking, wait a second. We lost Ashley Babbitt. Another woman was stomped to death. I can't remember her name. I think it was Berlin uh, in, the, in the tunnels in front of the Capitol. Yet nobody talks about that poor lady. And she was, mm. a, uh, she was, a, she was demonstrating. Uh, and they, they try to say that the policeman who died days later because of heart conditions and natural causes, they try to include them as being victims of January 6th. Well, I think what they're doing is keeping the names out there and their narrative out there, because in time, your memory will fade away as to what exactly happened. And so they'll be able to say, you know, we have a number of people that died because of the insurrection. And that's all that, you know, they're trying to fabricate a body count so that they can fabricate uh, fabricate the story or sell the storyline that I think was pre-written before the event ever happened. This was a staged coup. So it was a coup, but it was a coup by the left. And that seems to be, you know, what is going on. And the left is controlled by who? Who is who is pulling the strings? Well, there are people behind the curtain. They're the the wizards of Oz, so to speak. But, you know, Bill, uh, you had Nancy Pelosi telling her daughter to bring her mm. camera. Her daughter is a documentary filmmaker. She had her daughter and the crews at the Capitol that day. So they could videotape the inside of the Capitol, what was going on. Well, let me ask you a question now. You know, going to Nancy Pelosi and everything, let's just say uh, that means that Nancy had insider information on an event that was going to happen. That's number one. Number two, did her daughter come there and do this free of charge, or was she paid? And if she was, who who was she paid by? And if she was paid, if she was a paid operative there, happens to be related to Nancy and the only one invited, come on. You know, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a minor thing to point out, but I'm just saying, you, you know, know add it all together, and it, it stinks. Bill, you, you probably saw the footage of Ashley Babbitt being shot. Mm-hmm. In any other circumstance, in any other situation, if if it had been um, uh, a reverse reverse situation, if it had been a leftist. Uh, supporter on the other side of those doors, and if a police officer had pulled his weapon and shot them dead uh, in in cold blood, do you think they would have uh, applauded him and given him a raise and uh, elevated him in rank like they did the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt? I mean, they, uh, they literally had Lester Holt do... Uh, I think it was a Dateline interview with this guy and making him sound like he had just gotten back from combat. I remember them saying to this guy, would you do it again? The guy said, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, now I saw, as did millions of other people, I saw him pull his weapon and shoot the woman. She, you know, she was, they, they tried to make it sound like she was climbing through the, the broken glass. She was not. I saw it. She was standing behind the broken, she was standing behind the glass doors, and this guy, for no good reason, I, 
I can see it clearly. Raised his, his uh, I think it was a 9 millimeter, probably a Beretta. And he just took aim and he fired and he killed her. She was dead like in a matter of minutes. Hit her right, I think it was in the neck, in the carotid ar- artery area. The poor lady mm. bled out in a matter of seconds. And uh, yeah. they, they make it sound like he's a combat veteran. I, I don't understand it. I do think it's, I do think that they did it because it fit a narrative. And uh, it is a narrative. And, you know, why they would sit there and take down a true patriot, you know, Ashley. Yeah. I don't know. But Bill, in, 14 that, years only, in the Air Force. Yeah. But it was almost like they spotted her from the get go and they said, yeah, she's the target, you know, for, for no good reason. Well, you know reason. what happened, Bill? People don't tell you about this, but. Just before she was shot, she was back further in the crowd, and somebody they pushed her up. Pushed her up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So why? I mean, and you know, they they needed somebody. And do you and remember, they, Bill? There were two Capitol police officers standing on her side of the door at the door, and within sixty seconds before she was shot, one turns to the other and says, "Like, okay, it's time. Let's go." And both of those Capitol Police were standing guard at the door. They move mm. out of the way and away from the crowd, leaving it uh, unprotected. Also, mm. lead, leading, leaving a clear line of fire. Yeah, I, you know, she was targeted. Uh, that, that to me, that's all there is to it. She was targeted. Yeah. You know how and why? Well, now that's a whole different story. And maybe that's what you need to find out is how, well, why, I, by well, who. They also let the people in the, the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were protecting the Capitol, why would they open the doors and stand to the side? I mean, you know, these are not these are not like really difficult questions to ask. These are not like, boy, but he was smart to ask that question. This is obvious to anybody who saw the videotape. Bill, you saw the videotape. I saw the videotape. Yeah. The, the, the Capitol Police literally, at one point you see this little Capitol Police officer waving the crowds up the stairs and across to the doors. You see this Capitol Police officer, I think it's a woman, and she's waving them like, come on, come on, come on. And they're coming across towards the Capitol. And then you see the Capitol Police, who are supposed to be guarding the place with their life, opening the doors and stepping to the side and you said something to me which is which is so very true those doors are not like uh, the doors you oh, have on your house yeah. they're they're heavy as is all hell what are they brass doors yeah and they weigh like 20 tons or something like that Some they're, ridiculous they're heavy. yeah <laughs> it's like you know it's going to take it's going to take a group of of men just to to push it open and you can't push in you pull out so you know, and even if you go, well, we got 20 guys, we can pull it open. How big are the handles that you're going to get the amount of men to do it to get it out? You would have to put a rope around it or a chain around it, and everyone like it'd be a tug of war. It's it's not going to happen. And those doors are not hinged to where they're free, you know, free flowing. They are on a mechanism and that you- is automatic, that is open from the inside and closed from the inside, which means there was intent for that door to be opened by somebody in charge who gave the frickin' order. 
spilled. There was also some glass broken. And people say, well, see, there was glass broken. But if you watch the video, the glass was broken by what appeared to be antagonists, by people who were trying to instigate. Some people say they may very well have been federal operatives because they broke the, as they were breaking the glass, you see some other protesters come up to the person and say, stop that, get away from the window. And, 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 and at one point, the guy looks at this other protester and, and he says, okay, so he backs away from the window, but the damage has been done. So I, I, I'm of the belief, and I think someday they'll find out, and this is why they don't want Trump as the president, because he can put together a commission to really investigate not just this this uh, phony January 6th Nancy Pelosi, uh, Chuck Schumer uh, operation that they put together uh, that was just a waste of space and money. And people say, what do you mean a space of money? Well, it made, it made Trump look... No, no, it was staged. The two Republicans on that January 6th committee were about as Republican as uh, Nancy Pelosi. Okay, mm-hmm. just they are rhinos big time. And it was obvious, you know, they wanted to have Jim Jordan, I think, wanted to be on that committee. No, no, you can't have him on it. No, no, he's too he's too honest. He probably will do some real inquiry and will be in trouble. So he won't follow the script. Yeah. So anyway, we could go on and on. But, uh, you know, uh, Bill, it's 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 sad to think that we've had a president in uh, in office now for w- what will be in the not too distant future four years. Look at the damage this guy has done to our country. Does anybody does anybody really understand how damaging this administration has been? I mean, he's okay. Well, he pulled out of Afghanistan, and and in the process, many people died. We left Americans behind, and nobody has said a damn thing about it. It's just like, okay, don't even look well, there. Pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, a lot of these stories all tie together to uh, one thing, and I don't know that I can sit there and bring it up and tie it now, you know, but, you know, you look at Joe Biden, and they act like he's the great savior that, uh, well, it's going to take a lot to beat Biden, you know, even oh. if he's not on the ballot in New Hampshire. He surely is going to win it. And I'm going like, yeah, you know, you're testing theory. And, you know, he was the joke of the political arena uh, for many, many, many years, even during his time as the vice president with Obama. Yeah. What did, they, what, there, did, what did Obama say about him? You want to want it screwed up, get Joe to do it. And yeah. he'll screw it up for you. And that's true. That's that's what he's been. But he's also a crook and a manipulator and obviously a big time liar. But here we go with this guy again, and the media tells him. And I go back to an old CIA project back from the 50s and 60s where they decided that they wanted to experiment with controlling the news, mind control of the population. To control the population, they needed to control the news. It was called the MK Project, which, gee, you know, they own the news. Well, now, you know, we could get into all kinds of conspiracy things and manipulating the news from the Kennedys all the way forward to now. You know, the, the, it's, it's interesting what's going on. Who's, who's pulling these strings? You know, speaking of Kennedy, you know, when we're talking about uh, the political arena, uh, there's, you know, the possibility, we mentioned it a long yeah. time ago, 
what if Trump and Kennedy, you know, got together? And uh, you know, his politics seem to be uh, not. They don't line up per se. They're not. They, well, in a lot of ways they do, in a lot of ways they don't. Like when you get into um, he's he's pro life. Uh, Kennedy is pro choice. Choice. Pro choice. Mm-hmm. Pro choice. Yeah. And uh, you know that that is a ticket that. Uh, He's not really pushing so much. He did well, it's a out bit. Of, it's out of the federal uh, venue now. It's a state issue now because Roe versus Wade was overturned. And you know what? Leave it there. Yeah. Leave it there. Just yeah. leave it there. Take it off the. Now, if you start taking a few uh, a few of those little things away that I don't think should be there, then it might be a good ticket. It's a sixty plus percent ticket that would uh, insurmountable. But then he doesn't want it? war, I believe, and I also believe he he. Uh, uh, oh, he wants secure borders. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, he talks about the industrial complex, and there's only one candidate I know right now running, well, two candidates, Joe Biden and Nikki Haley, that are in favor of the industrial complex. And then you look at what's going on with the budget, you know. Well, we got through a scapegoat budget thing, which, you know, you and I have both poo-pooed the fact that they've, you know, we, we got the government going. But, you know, when you look at the total federal budget, Maybe the, what, what is it, 10 or 20% of that is that little stopgap to keep the government going. Mm-hmm. It's that 80%. And that's what's on the table there that they want to talk about, that we never talk about, that funds this industrial complex and the war machine and all these subverted things that we do. That's what needs to be on the table. They know? said that if, if Kennedy were to be the vice presidential candidate with Trump, they would have a commanding 60-plus percent? 60-plus. Yeah. Now, we were talking before the show. It was something that, um, uh, what Soros was it that said it? Alex. That, uh, Alex Soros. Alex Soros, the son, right? Yep. He's and, you know, he's he's just as evil, if not more evil. And this will be the second time I know where the left-leaning uh, media has done a story, and uh, this time, even put a price tag on it: forty-seven bucks to kill a president. Yeah, it says here Alex Soros is currently facing scrutiny due to his recent tweet sharing a post from the far left, The Atlantic magazine, that features a bullet hole and a sum of forty-seven dollars. It's a not so subtle hint at presidential assassination. So if somebody sat there and did a, and and they do nothing about it, if somebody did hypothetically speaking, by the way, right? They took they took a picture of a forty five and it was just a picture of it and it was pointed to uh, the left and they had a picture of Joe Biden facing oh to the right. Oh my God! <laughs> you, know, you would be you would be buried. You would be a cornerstone of the dirtiest, na- nastiest, rottenest prison in the world, on the planet. You'd be arrested immediately. You'd have uh, the Secret Service knocking on your door. You know, now seriously, folks, uh, you, he posted that. He retweeted that picture on his uh, X site. You know, on his, on I his... said 45. I meant 46, but you have a 45. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, you have, you have a, a, a far-left supporter, Alex Soros. He's one of the biggest donors to Biden and his cronies. And uh, they don't want. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go quietly into the night as Trump gets stronger and stronger. It's obvious that he's going to be the presidential nominee because even if he loses New Hampshire tomorrow, mm-hmm. even if he loses New Hampshire, 
He's got Nevada, which they say he's way ahead on. And in Nikki Haley's, in Nikki Haley's home state, he's got her by 30 points in the polls right now. The, the election is over, barring anything that uh, nobody knows. And even if they did, if they took out a hit on Trump, you know, God forbid they do, um, he's, you know, people will still vote for him. They'll write him in. Uh, it is at that point, uh, I even heard a, a news story where it was a left-leaning person said, you know, really doesn't matter, you know, that uh, he could be in prison, you know, and oh, he would win. get the vote. He would win. Yeah. So they know it's over, and it seems to be everything that's thrown at Trump is from the left. It's accusations, you know, and you're going, how can he go on? We know with all these attacks. Well, he's going on because at the root of all those attacks are nothing. You know, and uh, Fanny Willis, <laughs> I love that story, how it's coming out. That that, uh, that gal, just uh, everything that she is accusing him of, all of a sudden she's guilty of a lot of things, and that, that case is going down the toilet. Now, I wonder, you know, if she has to step back and his case gets dropped and dismissed, what does that do because of all the improprieties of the other people that were forced? Because, you know, when they make you sign something or cop a plea, you know, it is by coercion hey, that they do it. And don't think for one second there aren't uh, other problems with other people who are trying to bring them down, too, that we just haven't heard yet. We have the situation, uh, E. Jean Carroll up in New York. This lady yeah. has already admitted to stuff that, you know, she did wrong. And, uh, I mean, she opens her mouth and she inserts her foot all the time. Uh, I think that that's a, a case in peril as far as, you know, being a done. People said, oh, he, Trump, he raped. No, he was never he was never uh, found guilty of rape. They never found him guilty of rape. But they they love to extend that in the in the narrative when they talk about it. You know, he well, was you know, he was charged with rape. Hey, being charged with anything is an accusation, period. That's it. Well, you know, let, let, let's just take Trump out of it. Let's take politics out of it. And let's just talk uh, on the table level, one-on-one. -on -one. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody that, you know, hindsight being 2020, locker room talk, girl talk, guy talk, you're going... Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It was all embellished and crap anyway, but it was just fun talk, you know. You might have had a drink, or a couple of people sitting around smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah? Well, uh, let me tell you a story because you just told me one. I'm going to tell you one. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, it's all BS. And But that crap, somebody will take it, and it comes back to be flaunted and embellished and, you know, fiction and reality. You know, they, and they, 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 they laugh at the fact that it's, the uh, statute of limitations have come and gone on all of these charges. She can't, by the way, even remember, folks, the year that these things supposedly happened. How do you find somebody guilty? It would like it would be like me saying, "Well, you know, uh, I was in a traffic accident uh, seven years ago, eight years ago. Well, maybe it was nine Twenty years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could have been. It could have been ten years. Well, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine?" If I went to a police station and said I was in an accident, uh, you know, you know, a Trump few is being, years ago. Go ahead. 
Trump is being held accountable for the dark fantasies of the windmills of her mind. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but, you know, yeah. they're churning out crap, you know, but there is no statute of limitations on BS, just so you know. But yeah, and the yes, thing, the, the, stinks forever. the corruption, by the way, speaking of Soros, you're seeing, by the way, at this level of our ju- jurisprudence uh, in society, you're seeing the Soros bucks playing a big part in how uh, he's being charged. I mean, a lot of these people, the, the, the Letitia James, the Fannie Willis's of the world, uh, these people have been funded in their campaigns by none other than Mr. George Soros and his organizations. And, you know, they don't hand you millions of dollars for these positions. You know, the positions pay the person like uh, maybe a couple hundred thousand a year, but yet they'll fork over for these, for the right people for those jobs. They'll fork over a million, two, three million dollars for their campaign. Why? It's because they want control of those people. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I would venture to say that with Fannie Willis, and with Letitia James and some other people, uh, they got it. Alvin Bragg, they got to control of these people. You're seeing that at this level. You know, the, the judge in one of the cases, was it last week where he said, uh, you know, uh, you'd like me to throw you out of here, wouldn't you? And Trump said, yeah, I would, <laughs> to the judge. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that was the proper answer because uh, that probably caught that judge off guard. But everything these judges do, in a way, catch me off guard. In a way, I'm going. Phil, what I find years. amazing is is our media. They they don't give President Trump the deference and the respect that he deserves for being a former president. I mean, they they turn to Barack Obama like he's a a saint. You know, he's a former president, and here you have President Trump, former president of the United States of America, and they make it sound like this judge. This arrogant judge has uh, should be m- more respected than a former president. I mean, well, I just find it amazing. And uh, they continue. The, the left, I think, is desperate. I am afraid, Bill, that uh, they're going to try to uh, do something bad uh, to President Trump. I, I, I don't know how much protection he has. I hope mm-hmm. he has enough. You know, uh, tomorrow he's going to be a guest on the... Uh, Jeffrey Cooner show uh, on WRKO in Boston at 20, right. min- 20 minutes to 9. And Cooner says he's going to ask him a good question. I'd like to hear it. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to, to catch it. The question is, uh, you know, if they stole it from you in 2020, what are you going to do different in 2024 to stop them from doing it the exact same way they did it in 2020? Let me tell you something. If the election is stolen... If if Biden wins by a landslide, right? I, I think people are smart enough to say, okay, show us the proof. We want to see those machines. We want to see those votes. And if they go with that same thing again, well, take our word for it. We yeah. won the election. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I think all hell breaks loose at that moment in time. I don't think they get a second chance to go, ha, ha, the second, ha, we're going to get them. I got a question. And, I got a question. This is at least. Oh, when I say they're going to get them. I'm not going to say we. I'm not. In this that. is. I know <laughs> you. I know exactly I know. what you were saying. That being said, Biden has allowed into our country a sea full of of uh, people we don't know. 
you know. Right. I, I, I'm trying to be diplomatic about my adjectives. Very 12, diplomatic, sir. 12 million plus people who've come across the border. I mean, they're, they're doing things in this country now like United Airlines is allowing people, or maybe it's Delta, to get on their planes. If they're illegal, they have no background check. They don't even have their name on the uh, on the tickets, you know, when you fly and you have to go through all the screenings and you have to take off your shoes and all that stuff, uh, they have to know who you are, whether you have a weapon on you. Well, if you're an illegal, that stuff doesn't apply. And, and you know, your ticket has your name on it, right? But it doesn't have it on the uh, ticket for the illegals. They can just get on board the airplane because Biden has allowed that to happen in this country. That that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, a done deal. Um, uh, but even worse is, uh, and this is what worries me a lot. We talk about the twenty twenty four, uh, the twenty twenty four election, and we talk about it being what about ten months down the road. We're really close to it, and we assume it's going to happen. Um, I want you to hear. This is an audio clip. You have to listen very carefully. I'll read to you. Uh, I'll read to you what he says afterwards. Listen carefully. This is a Middle Eastern man. This is a Middle Eastern man. There's a difference. You can tell by the accent. You know, if he was from a, a Latin state, he would have a, a, a Latin accent. This is a Middle Eastern man. He sounds like he's right from Iran, uh, and he's talking to uh, an independent journalist. Listen. By the way. You are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Very easy. The the entitlement. The entitlement. No, believe me. I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Uh, All right. The the independent journalist obviously didn't realize what... Missed it. Yeah. He didn't realize who the heck he was... I'll read to you what the guy said, and then I'll play it for you again. The Middle Eastern man says, by the way... If you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon, but soon you will. You you're going to know who I am, and soon you're going to know who I am. I'm going to play it for you one more time. Now you know what he said. Listen to how he says it. By the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. The the entitlement. The entitlement. No, believe me. I'm much better than that. The entitlement. No, believe me. I'm much bigger than that, he says. Stupid journalist, by the way. I mean, why you would let something like that get away? And when you did, would you release the audio to say, Uh I'm a stupid idiot? Because (laughs) this, but you know, I'm glad he did release it. So for that, we're thankful because that should put everybody. Oh. On notice should make the hairs in the back of your neck, even if you think you don't have them. They'll stand up because that was a threat. Bill, you know what's scary? It's going to be carried out. Could happen today the I- tomorrow. The identity of this individual remains unknown, and the implications of his statement is unclear but unsettling. That's the line in the story. The identity remains. That means the guy got away. You would have thought that if the journalist had a a brain in his head, he would have said, wait a second, uh, I'll be right back, and gotten a Border Patrol agent to d- at least detain this guy. Well, you know, see, yeah, if, if you were that guy and the journalist, excuse me, I'll be right back, 
Would you stick around for him to? I'll be right back. Well, maybe I wouldn't would have said. I wouldn't have said. I wouldn't have said I'll be right back. I would have. I would have gone back away and come back for the guy. Maybe you know? it would be a good idea for journalists to have an assistant next to them, and that assistant might be somebody that you know uh, wields a badge. You know, so they could sit there and say, "Excuse me," and that's it. You take him right there. You apprehend them. You interrogate them. You find out who they are. They get. They don't get released until they've been properly vetted. You know exactly who they are, and exactly what they're up to. And if they're up to no good, or they're a member of some nefarious organization, uh, you know that's. I hear they're shorthanded, though. I, you know, I, maybe if they had enough people working the border, but I, Biden has cut back funds. Uh, but you know, Bill. Do you think that our administration doesn't? I heard Christopher Ray say in testimony in front of uh, Congress, I heard him say that he he worries about terrorist attack all the time, and he gets a lot of sleepless nights thinking about it. I'm thinking, well, why did you let these people in? And you know, uh, well, I'm thinking, getting back to the election, are they planning a terrorist attack in our country before the elections? Yes, they are. And Joe Biden, because I was uh, privy to a story over the weekend, or over, yeah, over the past week, I should say, or the weekend, where Joe Biden was going to open the border, that was part of his plan to do so, and he did it from day one. It's not a mistake. Everyone goes, Joe didn't know what he was doing. This is a mistake. It was not a Well, he a said mistake. it in his campaign. He was asked it, it in was one of the debates, and he said, he said, uh, I plan on opening them from day one. I plan on opening the border. You know, yeah. what he's, you know what he said over the weekend, Bill? What? So help me God, he had the audacity to say, the border isn't secure. It has to be more secure. I'm working on that and have been working on it for some time. But he's not working on it. That That's all just talk for the media because the people are upset. You know, you you got to go back and go back to when he was campaigning, what he yeah. said and what he's done, and put that together, and then realize, go back in history where he's lied, lied, lied. Oh yeah, I I made that stuff up. Yep, yep, I told a lie. Okay, let's go on to my next slide, please, because I don't want to yeah. talk about those lies. Those are behind me. Yeah. I got new lies ahead of me. <laughs> this guy is a lying cheat, and that's what he is. That's what he does. Yes, you can't change the color of this horse. That's who he is. And by the way, well, if you're a Democrat, you, you probably voted for him. And the leaders of your party, knowing what he was for the past 40 years, knowing that he probably hasn't said a truthful thing, a thing in his entire uh, political life, uh, they supported him. They propped him up. They sold him to the American people. And by the way, you will never con convince me that he got in legally. I, I to this I mean I know people say you're an election denier. They have a lot you know the media has made that uh to be a mortal sin over the last three and a half years. They have made it so if you happen to think the elections were stolen, which millions of us do, millions of mm -hmm. us in our audience do, um we are supposed to be some sort of bad people. We're not a, we're not true Americans because you're we, bad, very bad. Yeah, and the media. You heard Dana Bash. She, her hatred of Trump, is you can touch it. it you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It isn't just 
a, a feeling. She just doesn't like Trump. And, you know, she's, she's an example of just about every anchor on that network. You know, now they're accusing women, the left is, they're accusing women, conservative women, of talking on the media in code. They're sending out secret messages about <laughs> uh, Trumpism and MAGAism and all of that uh, stuff. Um, but, you know, I heard a couple of times you know, women reporters from the left and even male reporters, too, you know, the word ideology, you know, talking about the MAGA ideology. It's not called ideology anymore. It's a bastardization of the word. They call it ideology, as in idiot, but they don't say the T in there. They call it ideology. If you listen on the news now when they're talking about MAGA, they say, well, they're ideology, as in they're idiots. Yeah. Oh. And talking in code, you know, yeah, conservative women are out there yeah. talking in code to win you over. Well, code this, you know, you're stupid. You know, That's I, I, saw code. A, I saw a picture of Tom Hanks wearing a T-shirt that said, uh, it showed uh, an image of President Trump, and it says, no, never again. And I'm thinking, you know, if he were a smart guy, now you, you have to understand something, folks, that in, in our world that we live in, uh, nowadays I could create a picture of Tom Hanks wearing that T-shirt, and it really isn't him. You know, and, mm -hmm. and there was, he, he did look a little emaciated in this uh, picture, so I'm thinking to myself, is that really Tom Hanks? You know, is, is that him wearing that T-shirt, or is it somebody who's trying to make him look bad? One giveaway for fake audio and video. Like, I was watching over the weekend, you know, YouTube, I guess, is trying to do yeah. a TikTok thing where they're doing shorts. People's attention span is short, so doing the short videos, you know, punchline, that's it, move yeah. on to the next one is pretty smart. Uh, and I kept saying, boy, you know, Rogan's really into this, man. He's doing all these little stories. And then I realized, okay, it's a good video of him, but it's not him. And the voice uh -huh. is down. The mannerisms are down. But you know how I knew it wasn't him? How? Actually, my lady friend pointed out. She goes, that's not Joe. I said, yeah, he's messing up the words. You know, it might be stupid little words where the pronunciation yeah. is wrong because it's an AI reading things, and it's going through pretty quick. Yeah. You know, because somebody's just throwing it into an AI machine, crunching it, and throwing it out there. They were using Rogan because he's a known commodity, and they're they're trying. It's clickbait, is what it is. Well, you to know, that, but listen, this, this is this is opening up a can of worms. It used to be that if you saw it with your own two eyes, you said, "Well, I, it has to be true." I saw mm -hmm. him do that. But nowadays, you can't trust even your eyes anymore because they can well, manipulate everything. I'm waiting for the AI to come out. And I probably shouldn't say it because somebody will get the idea. But if you think of it, somebody else has. I I'm waiting for an AI video to come out of Trump saying that he is uh, suspending his election to do whatever. Or he's admitting guilt or this or that because they're going to go to the next level to try and trip people up. That's all they do. They want yeah. to trip you up. They, if they can't trip Trump up, you know, then the next... No one's talking about this, but do you know that a... a, uh, a com I think it was a computer expert in the one of the cases in Georgia. Mm. <clears throat> he went into uh, the courtroom, and in, with only a pen, he was able to manipulate 
the total on the uh, of the votes, the presidential uh, ballot from 2020. He did it in court. He did it with a like a, a pet touch pen on the screen, and right. he was able to manipulate the outcome of the election. And and this happened like Thursday or Friday of last week. And and you know the media is crickets. The media doesn't want to talk about any of that stuff. Because they are marching to the drumbeat of whoever is really truly paying them. Yeah. Or or the or the people that are they're marching to, they've got dirt on them. You know, Epstein Island is a good example of dirt. I mean, you know, maybe that was how, you know, maybe Epstein was connected to the deep state. Well, if we have dirt on all these people, then uh, we've got them under control. You know, and all of a sudden, uh, the little dirty playbook is out there for everyone to see. And uh oh, you know, a lot of people don't know where Epstein got his money. A lot of people will say, well, I don't know how the heck Jeffrey Epstein became a a billionaire because he didn't really make it much of anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, what is he? Is he, uh, what was the guy's name from, uh, not not the actor, but uh, Fantasy Island? You know, you know, maybe yeah, Epstein yeah. Island. K2? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Tattoo uh, was, tattoo the, was the, the little, little guy. Yeah, little guy, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I forgot but, uh, who. The guy who was played by Ricardo Montalban, yes. Um, oh, the, the plane, the plane boss. Hey, boss. He hey, was boss. boss. Hey, boss. Hey, hey boss. boss. The plane boss. Yeah. Uh, some things you never forget. You'd like to, but you, you can't forget. Um, i got to play another thing. This, is, this came right. as a bit of a surprise, Bill, uh, over the weekend. This was from, of all people, listen to this, John Fetterman. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we, we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race that I'm very much uh, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my, my wife's family, that's the Oregon story about that. Uh, and I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really, uh, I think about immigration as we want to provide the American dream for any uh, migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at, at our border to do that. And I think we need to, to re, do a reset and we have to work together uh, and develop uh, a new comprehensive solution to that. You know, they said this guy wouldn't heal, but I, I swear he's getting uh, more lucid and more articulate as the months pass you, yeah. you'll remember when he first uh when he first was running or he was he was he running he's he's he said stuff like this at first i just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing i'm doing fa- i'm doing fantastic and and uh it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything <laughs> i mean does that sound yeah, to you he, like the guy you just heard talking no, you got to wonder about that. I mean, he is sounding intelligent and articulate. But then again, I just heard something in that interview that was interesting because he, he talked about uh, the Republicans taking immigration and weaponizing it against him. So, you know, I, wait a I, and second, I'm not though. trying to cast. Wait, wait. I just hit, I just thought of something. You, What were we just talking about a couple of seconds ago? AI. We were talking about AI. So if you want to. To make John Fetterman sound articulate and thoughtful, mm-hmm. couldn't you use AI to... Yeah, you could, and then you could t- sit there and take what uh, what he just said, what I just pointed out, 
and use that to turn this story around against the Republicans, mm. you know, and, and change the whole narrative. Now, if you actually physically see him walk and talk and talk intelligently compared to yeah. when you saw him walk and talk and trip and talk stupidly before, how is he doing that? Well, you know, you go back to the Elon Musk days. Uh, not too long ago, about a year and a half ago, he had a chip that would go in the back base of your uh, back, you know, in your behind your head uh, in in your neck, and it controlled motor functions and I think other you know functions. Well, he he had developed for, his company had developed the chip that uh, yeah coor- gave you coordination and and balance and stuff like that. Yeah, and so let's say that uh, wow. you went a little bit further with the chip. You know, look. When you hear of technology out there, what you're hearing about is 20-year-old stuff. You know, you just leap, leap, yeah. faith it forward. Yeah. Do you remember back in the 80s when they were sitting there going, we've got CD players. Yeah, yeah, we got CDs. Yeah. You, got, you got the Beatles album now on a CD. You could have two albums on a CD. Well, they didn't tell you that they had chips the size of your little pinky fingernail that you could put the entire damn catalog on it. Now, you know, of course, it's nothing to have a five gig little thumb drive, five yeah, or terabyte, terabyte. actually. Yeah, yeah. Terabyte, excuse me, terabyte. No telling what you can have on that thing. And that's now, but what they have out there goes way beyond that. So could they have something that has artificial intelligence? And also is able to manipulate your motor skills, and your motor skills mean, meaning your vocal skills as well. Well, I wouldn't put it past anybody nowadays to do. You know, it's funny you should mention about things that they the technology they have. Uh, I was going to talk about this in greater detail. Well, I, mm-hmm. I, look, we can go over a little bit. Sure, um, sure. Why not? Have, We've, have you it's not heard, like we haven't done it before. It's true. <laughs> have you ever heard of Harp? H A A R P. It's it, 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 it. People say, "What is that?" Would you believe, folks? Over the last twenty twenty five years, uh, there's been an operation in our government uh, stationed basically in Alaska that mm. uh, manipulates the weather. It's it's literally uh, acres and acres of these uh, these. They look like um, they look like solar panels. But they're a little more complicated, a little more detailed, and a little thicker, and they're aimed to the sky. And what they do is they, I believe, they generate ions, or they they manipulate, uh, they send stuff into the atmosphere that changes clouds and changes the weather. And people say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." And why would they pick it in Alaska? Let me tell you why. Because if you look at the jet stream. It's like a wave, a big wave, and it waves up into Alaska, and then it comes down over our mid-Atlantic, uh, our, our mid-west area, and into the United States. So, if you wanted to manipulate the weather in the United States, you would want to have one of these H A A R P stations in Alaska. Now, now, listen. This is the funny part. A few years ago, they turned around and said, "Okay, we." We never did anything nefarious up there. We were just messing around with some research, and we don't even need the facility anymore. We're going to give it to the University of Alaska, and they'll prove that we weren't manipulating weather. That says to me, we don't need this site anymore. 
we don't need mm-hmm. to have this big farm anymore. We've miniaturized everything so that we can be just about anywhere and manipulate the weather. We can probably manipulate the weather from airplanes nowadays, from bombers and things like that. We don't need to have a field full of generators. And people say, well, why would you sound... That doesn't sound a a little paranoid, Jim. But if you remember, it wasn't more than maybe three weeks ago that the weather in the Northeast was 55, 60 degrees, 65 degrees. It was really kind of uh, an Indian summer. It was kind of nice. And then we got towards uh, elections in Iowa. We got towards uh, things that meant something politically. And it was as if they hit a light switch. It went to blizzard conditions and below zero weather to trying to depress the turnout to the voting in Iowa. I mean, folks, they were wearing light jackets in Iowa a couple of weeks before that blizzard. But, you know, they don't talk about that. They don't say anything like that. Oh, and to manipulate the weather... Are you silly? Come on. They can't manipulate the weather. They've been working on trying to manipulate the weather since the 1950s. Since since World War II, they've tried mm-hmm. to manipulate the weather. This is not a new concept. It's just one that they've kept very quiet, very mm-hmm. secretive about it. So uh, when, they, when they relinquished control of that uh, HARP energy farm in Alaska to... University of Alaska, that says to me they figured out how to miniaturize it, how to maneuver it, maybe make it more portable. So they could, you know, they probably found out that they had put that site in a location and they were off by just a little bit. You know, they found out as as they've learned more and more that maybe the atmosphere moves, sways back and forth. And maybe in order for them to be more effective, they got to be able to move with the atmosphere. You know, and, mm. and by being in one one location locked down, they can't do that manipulation. So I'm just saying, folks, you you don't have to believe it if you don't want to. But uh, uh, they check. Go on to Wikipedia and look for H.A.A.R.P. OK, they admit to the fact that there was an operation out there doing stuff, a research, a weather research facility. So. Uh, and what do you think, Bill? Do you think that that's a possibility? Oh, sure, I do. I, I mean, hell, you could, you could probably sit there. Well, not uh, Einstein's, uh, you know, uh, theory of general relativity, gravity. I mean, you could probably find a way to build a, build a gravity device that changes the the gravitational pull or, hey, or rotation some... of the Earth that could change time Ooh. space. Continuum. We could live longer. Yeah. We could live longer, have more time. We could live shorter, have less well, time. He does. You he could, does offer the possibility, Bill, of uh, of time travel. Yeah. Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if you sit there and built a chamber that had a reverse effect on gravity to where you walk in eighty years old and walk out seventy or walk out sixty? And I got a question for you. Oh, jeez. If there's a possibility of time travel, right, who's to say that somebody in the future, I mean the distant future, hasn't already traveled back into this time 
and exist in this presence right now. If well, I'm just saying, we all think of this as being as the present, but if the present for some people is 100, 200, 300, 400 years from now, you know, I'm just saying, it's make a great science a fiction movie. There was a show on TV, and then the pandemic hit. Only had three seasons. I forget what it was called, but it's it's out there. And it was a team of uh, people that came back in time from the future to correct the wrongs of the past because what happened in the future was terrible. And there were two sects of people that came back, but you'd go back and correct time. And some of that time correction might mean you have to take somebody out, you know, and and whatever. Could you imagine, you know, but boy, this is all, you know, now we're, now we're into science, but science fiction fun. But you know what? The fact that you think about it, you know, look at Star Trek, you know, the, uh, the communicator, you know, uh, space travel, warp engines, Eon engines. We have Ion engines now. I said Eon, but Ion engines now. Uh, we have the flip phone, which is nothing more. Well, we did have. Now we have different I cellular mean, devices. That was the communicator. If I told you, know? you Bill, 25 years ago that uh, you're going to have uh, devices that you'll be able to talk to in your room that'll, that'll respond like they're human and give you answers immediately to your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I told you that you would have on your, maybe on your wrist, a device that's more powerful than any computer that was out maybe in 1960. You know, I was told one time that the, the uh, and this was back like in 1990, I was told that, that the, the computer on my desk was like 10 times more powerful than the computer in the uh, Defense Department in 1950. Well, that's great. Right. Can you imagine how much more advanced they are now? You know, in 1997, I went down to Florida when radio was changing and going into the uh, the uh, virtual world to where you, right. know, you had guys that voice tracked. You know, it was it was oh, it was a no no then. You know, but yeah. And I bought a computer and it had a 20 gig hard drive which was the biggest drive at yeah. the time. Everyone said, oh, wow, you know, you got 20 gigs. I'm sitting there going, yeah, but we got 100 terabytes in the building. The thing looked like a warp engine. But, you know, for consumers, that's what I yeah. had. A year later, it was it was a paperweight. It was obsolete. You know? Yeah. Exactly. It was obsolete. Yeah. And it wasn't a digital hard drive, you know. It was a mechanical hard drive. So it, technology has raced forward. You got to wonder where it's from. You know, how, I know the how audience, are we quantum the, leaping so much? The audience can't see this, but uh, I have a, a picture here. This is a little uh, portable, I think it's two terabyte or five terabyte drive. It's the, it's half the size of a pack of cigarettes. And uh, it's more. It's, it's what they call solid state drive, where mm-hmm. it does, there's no moving part in it. That's the thing that used to b- bother me about uh, about hard drives is there was always this mechanical movement inside that you worried would wear out and with it all your information. But with these, these little thumb drives that look like a dongle, it could be a yeah. thumb drive for a a mouse or something like that. They've also got them this size. It has a chip in them. Uh, I've seen them up to uh, you know uh, five terabytes. You know now you got to wonder where they came from because a lot of them made in China. They overheat and they don't actually do the five terabytes. But, you know, you can get it, you know, small, compact like that. Um, and you wonder, why do you need that much? Well, you think about all the processing that goes on with AI and all the computers. You've got to have a lot of space 
to have all the programs and everything it's got to compute. One it's more amazing thing. what they can do. One more thing. Uh, Joe Biden over the weekend. Uh, oh, yes. He, he, got on Marine, he got on Marine One, and he flew from Rehoboth Beach to his Wilmington home and then back to his Rehoboth Beach home on uh, Marine One. And it cost the American citizen, I believe, uh, about $20,000 an hour to fly on Marine One. So, he, I mean, he may have blown, I don't know, 40, 50 grand hopping from one of his houses to the other house and back again. And they don't know why. You know, the thing about Joe is... They well, say, I think something's going on. I wondered about that, too. What was at the one place yeah. that he had to go get to bring on the helicopter to go back to the other place? You know, uh, Bill, he spent 432 days, 39.4% uh, of his presidency on vacation, and there are no visitor logs. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, keep a list of who he's seeing or who has come to see him. He he's very secretive about that, uh, mm. and so the, a third of his his time in office, he's been vacationing somewhere. But you know they're being conditioned. Democrats are that maybe a president shouldn't, you know, tell the stories of everything. There are some things that we just don't need to know. Really? Yeah. Well, well then back off on Trump. Yeah, and maybe maybe. Uh, it's time for Joe to bow. I think, by the way, I think Joe's, that's one of the things he's considering probably. He's probably being talked to about. But who is going to, you know. Uh, I, I, well, I, I, they're saying Michelle, but I still think Hillary is going to try to. Uh, I think Hillary, too. Michelle, uh, the, the, the support's not there. Newsom, the money is flying out of California. Everything's flying out of California. He destroyed that state. Now, oh, yeah. It can be brought back. Now, the interesting thing is, when will they ever learn there? They we, get destroyed, and then they get somebody unconservative to fix it, and then they come back in and destroy it again. I think we have a topic for tomorrow. I think we can discuss Sounds this tomorrow. Like a topic to yeah. me. Uh, our, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Jim and Bill at mail.com, please write us. And also, uh, make sure you share us with a friend. So yes. uh, get pass the word, pass us along. Uh, you know, I'm getting, uh, Hey, you can share us with an enemy. We don't care. (laughs) You know what? Just share us, get get the word out. I mean, that's, that's the one thing. And, uh, you know, give us likes wherever you can, but let people know about us because that's how we grow. Yes. Watching uh, Bill and Jim grow. It's, oh, Uh, yes. That's a, that's, that's, that's a scary video. That's a a scary pastime. Anyway, my friend, that's going to do it. I think the only thing left to do right now is for you to give us, your, your people listen for this, folks. They literally yeah, write yeah, in. Yeah. I want to hear Bill say that sign off again. So, if you don't mind, sir. And there are some people that would like to hear the sign off just one time, and that's it, and that make sure it's a real <laughs> sign off. But trust me, I will be back again to time after time go, hasta la vista, baby. We're out of here. This is CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. 
we asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?